Max Gorlin, Melbourne Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cotchin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Penderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell from the Hawthorne Footy Club, and you're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey friends, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. Welcome back to another episode. We've hit the 30s today, number 39. It's Adelaide Crow, Wayne Miller. It's been a little bit of time since we've uh, had this man on the podcast. We've had Tim on board, had Rids, we've had the Statesman. Thought we'd bring him back. I've got Kane on for this episode. Hello, buddy. How you doing, man? Good, thank you, MJ. You are flying in this top 50. I can't believe we're already into the 30s. 39 is where we are up to. And look, Injuries have probably been the big statements when you use for look for keywords to sum up Wayne Miller. You, you're looking for an excitement, you're looking for dare, and then injuries. The great opportunity for us as we head into 2021 is can he fulfill his potential as a breakout candidate who's got a little bit of value for us and actually maybe even be someone we keep by season's end. Uh, just the 23 years old, he is listed as a defender for us. Only a couple of games last year, and his best scores came against uh, the Swans in round one. It was a 96 in Supercoach, a non-adjusted 63 against Sydney. While from a career perspective, he does have some tons on the board. Uh, in Supercoach, his best ever is against Melbourne, a 112, while it's a 116 in AFL Fantasy against the Gold Coast Suns. If we're talking averages... There's some potential to like there. 83 is what he delivered for us in just a couple of games last year. He has been given an injury discount in Supercoach because of that. He's priced just over $310,000. While in AFL Fantasy, it's a 51.1. Or if you want to play the adjusted averages game, it's just off 64 in those formats of Fantasy and Dream Team. He's going to be priced just under 450 k in Fantasy and just a touch over $380,000 in Dream Team. And Kane, when we talk about Wayne Miller, you don't have to look too far through the highlights. Why you can see some Crows fans think he's the reincarnation of Andrew McLeod with some of the way he carries, runs, and takes on the game off half back. He's an incredibly special talent. And if, and I'm sure we'll talk about his body at different times in terms of his health, if he can get that right, he's got that incredible skill set that fantasy scorers and Adelaide supporters just want to see out on the ground. Oh, he's super eye-catching, MJ. He's got all the X factor that you get excited for as a fan and just a neutral player watching the game. When Miller does something special, it's as special as anyone else in the competition. You mentioned how excited Crows fans are. Well, the club's locked him away till 2025. No one has a longer contract at the Adelaide Football Club, and that was at the start of last year. And when I think back to Miller, MJ, it was his third season playing regular footy, which was 2018 that actually saw him have a lot of buzz going into the 2019 option as a guy that was going to elevate himself from a very good scorer to actually maybe jumping up to being the keeper for us long-term. And the reason he had so much buzz was he finished the 2018 season averaging 85 in DT and 92 in Supercoach in his final nine games. His yeah. season average that year was 75 in DT and 80 in Supercoach. So that fast finish to the year, that we love to see and has served us so well year after year in projecting that role going forward. And to be honest, people were proven right at the start of 2019 because he started off the first four games going 91 in DT and 96 in Supercoach. So across a 13-game stretch across the back half of 18, the start of 19, he averaged 87 DT 
and 93 super coach points. It's not bad, is like, it? Like, again, you're probably not quite MJ at that, what we'd consider top six tier, but really, you're probably in that top 15 bracket. And for a guy that's as young as Miller, that is super impressive. Sad thing is for Miller is that since then, again, he got injured against the Suns in round five of 2019, mm. missed four games, and came back just averaging 75 DT and 70 super coach. And then obviously you couple in that last year was just two games. So really we haven't seen Miller at his best for almost two years for a long period of time. But as you mentioned off the top, MJ, with the prices, we've got this guy priced at 58 pretty much yeah. across the board. So we know that 15 to 20 points is sort of that threshold where we feel like there's some really good value no matter what yeah. they're priced at. If you can project forward 15 to 20 points, you have to be looked at. And again, Miller, you could even argue in some of the formats, could even have as much as 30 points of upside if yeah. he really puts together his best season. It's really true. You talk about some of those numbers, like right at that front end of the 2019 season that kind of gave us that proof that 2018 probably just wasn't a fluke. Um, look at this is the numbers of the breakdown of the averages Kane shared. 87, 95, 96, and 86 in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. While in Supercoach, it was the 82, 105, 109, and the 86. A couple of injuries came through there, but upon his return, he delivered six scores above 80, including a ton in AFL Fantasy and Dream Team. Three scores 96 and above in Supercoach. One of them was a 114. And you're right. We're not at the price point of looking at him and contrasting him to a Zach Williams and going, okay, he's in that 70s and 80s range to really make it worthwhile. He needs to pop. He needs to go 90 plus across the formats. He doesn't have to do that. Now he's got the potential to be a low end D six, keep him for the year. If things go well, both in terms of role and probably more, my concern would be, can he get through 22 games of AFL given that historically that's just not been what Miller has done. Just two games last year, 17 in 2019 with multiple injuries, 19 in 2018 and then 2016 and 17 look I'm, I'm prepared to discount them those were Adelaide's kind of push to the grand final years and he just wasn't quite in the best 22 at that point in time and so really it's 2018 and beyond I'll start to count as Miller is inside that best 22 unit um, what I think is exciting for people at that price point is as you've already talked on he's got the potential to be the low end d6 or at worst He's the guy that you quickly, whether it be after six weeks or right up to his multi-buy round at round 14, you flip him and he becomes one of the defenders that we might have already talked about in the 50 most relevant that have popped a little bit, the Crisp, the Ridleys or the Daniels, who by then have all had their multi-buy round. Yeah, that's the appeal, MJs. You don't get too many guys at this price point, one, that are actually best 22, and I mean clear best 22. You know, he'd be pushing the top 10. Again, as I said, he's got a five-year deal. He he's been factored in to be a long-term part of this side. So to get a guy at that price at 58, mm. that's got incredible job security, again, if fit, which we obviously all hope he's going to be. And if he's not, well, we'll be pretty clear, especially during the preseason. Has the scoring potential to be, as you mentioned, probably a D6 at best, maybe D7 if you're really, really lucky. Yeah. And also has shown scoring for two seasons that is 20 points above what he's priced at. Yeah. So really the only reason I think he doesn't fit in someone's team is if we get inundated with back rookies yeah, and ones that we feel really, really good about. Cause then I can see at that point, you're probably locked away 
I feel probably two of Lloyd, Whitfield and Laird. Yeah. You mentioned Zach Williams, who again, with a good preseason, you'd have to have above of Miller purely for the fact that they've probably both got similar um, upside in terms of points over what they're priced at. Yeah. And obviously with Williams doing that, he would be in the top six defender range mm. with the potential to be a really, really big score. So I think the only reason you don't pick Miller is if there's a squeeze in your structure and you're so happy with four or maybe even five back rookies in that line. And there are some potential good, you know, potential ones that were either drafted this year or didn't play in previous years. So there is some names to keep an eye on. Yeah. I think that's the only real reason um, you don't fit him in because I got to, I just see at this price point and what he can deliver with that yeah. job security, it's just not going to burn you. I feel like 70 is almost the worst you'll get. And if you can time it right and he has a good game in there, it's not hard for him to make 100K and you find that player, like you mentioned earlier, the Daniel, the Stewart, all those type of guys mm. and make it and make a move. Yeah, exactly. Look, the, where he's at in terms of his, his health, uh, he is recovering from a stress fracture that was what they ended up putting him in for end of season surgery. He's uh, still not in full contact training at this point, uh, but he, as according to the club as recently as just uh, the start of last week, uh, they believe he's right on track to be where they want him to, to be fit, firing and ready for games in round one, which is exciting for us. Even though the Crows are in full rebuild mode, Wayne Miller is very much a part of the Crows' plans. I actually think he's going to play a combination of some halfback and some wing role. Uh, I think the Crows are, are very much wanting to see guys like um, in the halfback. I think it's going to be the Hamels and the McPherson. Um, he's going to probably long-term take over a Luke Brown role. I think they want to see Lockie Scholl playing up a little bit higher up the ground across the wing. I think Brody Smith might eventually move into the, the Lockie Whitfield type um, when he's played forward role, which is start at half forward, push up across the wing, and then use that penetrating foot. So I think Miller has got that ability to use his he loves to take the game on like go and do a gift search for Wayne Miller and you see him multiple times just getting out of dense traffic situations um, and daring the football on he loves to use the ball by foot he loves to use his pace so I think that there's a spot for him on that outside role for the Crows even Haitley coming in I don't think that's going to impact his scoring or his potential too much I think you're right Kane I think the only reason you don't go near him um, because he is best 22 he has got a scoring potential is you don't need a stepping stone defender uh, and you don't think he's going to be enough value to be a keeper. Um, so I think in AFL fantasy, like if you play that format of the game, if he's fit and named round one at that price, gosh, that's really hard to say no. While in super coach and dream team, maybe you're looking for a value D4 he'd then probably need to get into contention. If he's a D3 for someone in those formats of super coach and dream team, you're probably running just that little bit too thin and putting a lot of trust that your rookies are all going to come off. Yeah. And the other thing, MJ, especially in super coach is that he's actually going head to head with the likes of Jackson Haitley, Buddy Franklin, Dyson Heppel. There's guys in other lines that are a similar price point. And if you're talking purely as a stepping stone, then, you know, there's guys, those three guys, you'd probably all give higher scoring potential yeah. if everything goes right than Miller. So if it's purely just, I need one player in this price bracket, you know, those guys all in my mind have, or have proven 90 plus potential in super coach. Yeah. Obviously Haley's the one that no one uh, knows for sure, but we've seen enough at giants and we've seen a role that's opened up for him and there's a few factors. So 
that's where I feel like structurally a 300K price, again, there's plenty of upside, but sometimes you just can't have too many. Yeah. Um, and if all those other guys tick the box in that range, or as I said, if rookies come to light, you can have the luxury of going more guns and rookies and passing on a guy like Miller and not needing that stepping stone. If the rookies are dry though, a guy like Miller is going to be super important purely because we know he's going to be in the team mm. and he can score. But mm. I think draft MJ is the one that gets really interesting in this defender line because we know when there's salary cap buzz about a guy, yeah, they can often get pushed a little bit earlier than they often should. And I feel like Miller is that type of guy this year that might go a little bit earlier than he should. Yeah. purely because he's going to be so popular in the salary cap formats. Well, right now, you know, if we talk about salary cap formats, he's like, he's about 12% of AFL fantasy teams at the moment. Again, that's the only format that's officially open at time of recording. The others are hopefully just a couple of days away from that taking place. So I, he needs to probably pop to that 20% in a couple of the formats to really get that preseason hype. But as we get closer, as those cows don't there, then I definitely think from a draft perspective, he could really go. He's got the potential to be a 90 guy in super coach. I think that's probably his, maybe that's his lid. Um, you know, low eighties guys probably is AFL fantasy and dream team lid. Um, I, I wouldn't be drafting him at a D three. That's what I think his return value could be. I, I feel like at D four, is about the right risk point. But as you said, someone could be really bullish or really light on defenders. And because of that, I actually could see a world where some get either really bullish or a really skint in the back line where they need him earlier than D3. Yeah. The funny thing about the back line is there's always people on the waiver wire, you know, the yeah. Robbie Tarrants of the world that are low seventies. Yeah. So there is some appeal in a guy like Miller who you think, he can push to probably the early early D4, late D3 territory if he gets to that, you know, 82, 83 range. Yeah. Um, but I also feel like with defenders, there's so many guys that are just rock solid. You're Darcy Byrne-Jones, these yeah. type of guys that no one ever really um, targets, but if they fall into your lap, you're pretty happy. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's sort of where Miller might get into. You're not really going to target him per se because I don't see that big jump. But also, there's not much risk. So you'd always take a guy like Miller over a Robbie Tarrant type who's just going to be locked into that 65 to 75 range. At least there is a case to be made that Miller can go up. Yeah. But again, I don't think he's a type of guy in draft that's going to be deciding too many results. He's a no, guy well, that if you, want to look you at might where... play most weeks, but there might be some weeks where you just yeah. like someone else's matchup even more. Yeah, if you want to look at you know what some of the other defenders let let let's say the the fifty mark in terms of where they're ranked based on averages in in twenty twenty some of the guys around the fifty marker in Super Coach guys like Darcy Moore, Jack Lacocious, Brody Smith, Darcy Bird Jones, Hunter Clark. You, you presume in Super Coach more competitive than a lot of people think, isn't it? Em? Yeah, that's it a, is. Like they're probably going line. before him in the yeah. super coach format. So, you know, he he's drifting out while in dream team, you know, again, you want to look around that, that just the 50 marker in terms of where they're ranked right now. You've got a Nick Newman. Again, he's coming back from an injury. You've got a Jack Scrimshaw, uh, Michael Hibbard, Liam Baker's got a bit of value in him through there. Um, Hunter Clark's up around the thirties. Jason Johansson's around the thirties, Nick um, Caulfield, Jake Lacocious. They're all mid thirties. So he, he probably could be someone, you know, in that forties rank that people go, Oh, he could pop into the top 30 overall, you know, sort of defenders. So yeah, I think you're right. I think 
a reach is D3 to draft on draft day. D4, it feels okay. If you pop him at a D5 as your last on field, you're probably pretty happy at that point going, look, at worst, he's going to give me a 70s, which is what I'd probably get anyway. At best, he's got the potential to sneak up one, two, maybe even three rungs if everything goes my way. Yeah, I feel like in that back line, MJ, you're going to be leaving it till last. Like if you've got a 50 who between a defender and honestly even taking an eighth mid that's 95 plus, yeah, like I'd be more for that because we all know that once you get into the season, it is so hard to restock on the midfield front, whereas super easy to plug and play a defender. And there is always three or four of them that we didn't even have on our radar and become very, very usable. So yeah, I'm probably of almost the belief where I'd rather have an extra mid or maybe even two extra mids yeah. and really try to deprive people of that pool of 95 guys that are slotting in every week. Because like I said, you can go on the waiver wire and find a defender that's, you know, even as close as five points to what I think Miller yeah. is sort of worst is. Um, and you can just rotate them through every week. So Again, as we say, D3, D4, I'd be even of the belief that it's probably, for me, pushing out to even, you know, the 16th to 18th round. Yeah, yeah. Um, in so the draft, last just on because, field sort of defense. Yeah, thing. because as I said, like, I just think there's so much value often throughout the season having that midfield cover in particular. Because if you want to go to the pool in the midfields, you're looking at guys that are 75, 80 guys. Yeah, it's a good call. Whereas, funnily enough, in defense, you can get those type of guys. And as we always say, the matchup game is a lot easier in defense because there's so many sides that allow so much ball in that back 50. So while we say D3, D4, which is certainly his potential, mm. I think in the big picture of the sides and looking at all those names you read in defense that I honestly couldn't split. If I did a draft every different day, I'd probably get a different player in that range. Yeah. Um, I think for me, he is more of around 16, 18 type of guy, depending what is happening in other lines. Keeper league, obviously, you'd roll him up a little bit. Yeah, maybe just because of the age. Tops, yeah. And I do think, um, as much as we can anticipate, he will have defender status for long enough that you can build around that. Obviously, yeah. nothing worse than you know building your side. This guy will be a defender, <laughs> and it gets stripped of you the next year, and you've got a really hard call at the at the list lodgement time of year. But I feel like again, in that case, you'd probably roll Miller into maybe the round twelve to fourteen mark. Again, I don't give huge weight because I don't really see him ever being more than an 88 to 90 guy in yeah. DT at best. Yeah. Um, which is very solid, but um, again, not we to know give up a you, top 10. Yeah. I'm not going to give up one of those top 10 round picks to do it. Yeah. I'm just going to be very happy if I get him in that sort of mid teen range. Yeah, some good thoughts from you. If you want to go and read the article on Wayne Miller, it is online now for you at coachespanel.tv. If you want to go and read any of the other player articles, they're all online, as are the podcasts for every single one of those players at Google Podcasts, Spotify, and also you can find that at the Apple iTunes store as well. There is plenty of stuff for you to check out right there. Make sure you go and check that out. We'll be back tomorrow with another episode of the 50 Most Relevant. Give it up.